Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Parker Ford Church's ongoing midweek teaching series. My name is DJ Martin, church pastor here at Parker Ford. This year, all year, we've been going through a series on Wednesdays uh, during our midweek series called Reflections on Spiritual Formation, and just been pondering spiritual formation from lots and lots of different angles and you know these teachings are like 10 minutes so they're just like little snippets of of different topics when it comes to this larger um, topic of spiritual formation during this season of lent the seven weeks leading up to easter each week we looked at a different spiritual discipline so we looked at seven different spiritual disciplines uh, leading up to easter today i want to revisit spiritual disciplines um, but from a little bit of a different angle. Today's teaching is called Say No in Order to Say Yes. Say no so that you can say yes. Say no to something what, uh, that may or may not be a good thing, maybe a bad thing, maybe a good thing, but a lesser thing in order to say yes to the best thing. Many of us have a hard time saying no, if we're uh, being honest. Maybe you have a hard time saying no to that extra piece of chocolate cake after dinner or before bed. For me, it's not chocolate cake. I'm not a huge cake fan, but it could certainly be, I have a hard time saying no to that extra cookie or brownie or ice cream or whatever. I have a terrible sweet tooth. So I've got to, I've got to work hard on saying no to that stuff. Um, maybe you have a hard time saying no to that one more episode of your favorite show on Netflix or Amazon Prime or wherever you stream your shows, or maybe it's a marathon on uh, cable TV of your favorite sitcom and you just have a hard time saying no when you should go to bed. Or maybe you have a hard time saying no to overcommitting yourself. Uh, many of us have a hard time saying no to people when they ask us to be a part of something. I know that's something I've really struggled with as a pastor. I mean, there's hardly a day that goes by that someone's not inviting me or asking me to be involved in something or a part of something. And I, I, I'm a fairly sensitive person. I, don't want to hurt people's feelings. So uh, sometimes I have a habit of overcommitting myself um, by not saying no when I should. Um, or maybe you have a hard time saying no to a convincing advertisement. As I record this uh, today, it's uh, day two of Amazon Prime Day when millions and millions of people all over America open up the app on their phones or pull up Amazon on their computer and buy stuff, whether or not we need it. Um, so maybe you have a hard time saying no uh, when it comes to uh, consumerism or perhaps to temptation. Maybe you're tempted to tell a little subtle lie or maybe you're tempted to manage your image and um, make yourself look a little bit better than maybe you actually are um, in a given situation or, or maybe you have a hard time saying no to lust. Um, or looking away from something you shouldn't be looking at or, or turning off something that you shouldn't be listening to. Um, the point is, we all have a hard time at, at different times saying, no, I was thinking about this principle recently, and it reminded me of this just phenomenal quote uh, by John Ortberg in his book, The Life I've Always, or The Life You've Always Wanted. I read this book a number of years ago uh, during seminary. I took a number of spiritual formation classes as part of my uh, Masters of Divinity program. And the emphasis of, of the program that I chose was pastoral counseling. So I took a number of counseling classes, spiritual formation classes, uh, which I just absolutely loved. And, and this was one of the books I read. John Orberg has written throughout his uh, ministry. He's written extensively on spiritual formation. 
And towards the beginning of this book, uh, the life you've always wanted is about spiritual disciplines and, uh, and about how learning to practice spiritual disciplines actually leads us to living the life that we want. So many of us wake up and we're like, this isn't the life I want. But if you always do what you've always done, you'll always be who you've always been. Um, Dallas Willard likes to say, uh, he, he liked to say at different times, and I'm summing this up, but I want to give credit to where credit's due. So Dallas Willard would often say something along the lines of um, the system that you have is perfectly tuned to give you the results that you receive. And so, you know, when when we are struggling with the things we're struggling with, it's because the system, the way that we're living is perfectly desi designed to produce those results. So um, John Arberg writes uh, towards the beginning of this, as an introduction to the spiritual disciplines, he says, if I struggle with a sin of omission, I will usually be helped most by a discipline of engagement. That is, if my sin involves a failure to love or encourage or serve, I need practices that will help my doing muscles. If, for example, you ever wrestle with joylessness, you will want to immerse yourself in my favorite discipline of all the spiritual discipline, uh, the discipline of celebration. Um, he also says uh, that conversely, if you struggle with a sin of commission, in other words, you're doing things that you shouldn't do, then practicing disciplines that grow your ability to say no or delay gratification is, is how you're going to grow that spiritual muscle within you. So uh, practicing the discipline of fasting, where you're saying no to food, even when you're hungry, or maybe you'd fast from media for a week, you're saying no to scrolling Facebook or watching TikTok videos or getting on uh, binge watching shows or whatever, you're saying no to that. Um, it's growing the, the muscle within you, like within your brain, within your mind, within your heart soul complex, uh, within your spiritual uh, being to be able to say no to the things we just listed uh, earlier. So uh, these spiritual disciplines can be really helpful um, in growing muscles uh, that that help us live the life we have always wanted, thus the title of the book, The Life You've Always Wanted. Um, so today we're going to look at prayer, uh, and most of all, we're going to look at fasting uh, through the story of Jesus. Uh, just really briefly, I wanted to read this quote from Carlo Caretto. He says, prayer is like love. Words pour out at first. Then we are more silent and can communicate in monosyllables. In difficulties, a gesture is enough, a word or nothing at all. Love is enough. Thus, the time comes when words are superfluous. The soul converses with God with a single loving glance, although this may often be accompanied by dryness and suffering. So uh, Matthew chapter four, Jesus has just been baptized. And then right, it takes us right, the text takes us right into Matthew 4, where it says, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And one of the great understatements of scripture in verse two there, he was hungry. So for 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus is communing with the father in this loving conversation through prayer, um, even in the wilderness, like the quote we just read. And he's fasting. He's, he's saying no to food, even as he hungers. He's saying, he's saying no to that. He's um, practicing this discipline that grows this muscle to be able to say no. Now, I don't think it's 
any accident that he spent 40 days fasting um, right before the great temptation. So his, his ability to say no to the temptations he's about to come under uh, from the enemy, um, it's, not, it's not just because he's superhuman um, that he's able to say no, it's that he's been living in submission to the Father, um, that he's able to stay uh, healthy in that place and say no to the temptation. So the tempter came to him and said, if you're the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So the temptation comes and Jesus is able to say no. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Once again, the second temptation comes, and once again, Jesus, having fully developed this muscle, the ability to say no to the wrong things, uh, is able to answer directly no to this temptation. Verse 8, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. And so a third time, Jesus, having fully developed his submission and ability to you know, discern and listen to the Father through, through prayer, through fasting, through growing wisdom and stature and favor with God and men, as uh, Luke says in his gospel, once again, the temptation comes, and once again, Jesus is able to say no. We could do a whole study on Jesus saying no to the wrong things, or, or things that may have been good, but not the best thing, in order to say yes to the best thing throughout his life. Think about all the different interactions he had with people, uh, with, with followers, with with Pharisees, with Sadducees, with uh, temple scribes and leaders, with his own disciples, uh, with his mother, Mary, who wanted things from him at times that were inappropriate, and, and Jesus consistently was able to say no. And so as you think about this story and you think about the principle of, of saying no to something and growing that spiritual muscle in order to say yes to the right thing, a couple of questions for us to ponder today. What do you learn from Jesus's practices and examples? So think through the story of Matthew 4. Um, think through the story of Jesus in the Gospels and things he said no to. What do you learn from Jesus's own practices and example when it comes to this topic? How might intentionally practicing a spiritual discipline help grow a needed muscle in your life? Maybe you say no easily. You could be totally the opposite of me. And maybe you say, maybe you need to learn how to say yes <laughs> to, to some things uh, that you've been saying no to, whether out of fear or stubbornness. Um, so, you know, identify within you, where is the needed place of growth? And then which spiritual discipline, as you intentionally practice it, could help you develop the spiritual muscles to be able to grow in that area? And finally, how might this practice, whatever practice the Holy Spirit leads you to, how might this spiritual discipline, this practice help you to be formed deeper into the image of Christ? Because the purpose of spiritual disciplines is not self-improvement. Ultimately, there's a higher goal. 
and the higher goal, the, the deeper calling is transformation that we might look and act and smell and live and be more and more like Jesus. So how might the spiritual discipline that the Holy Spirit has put on your heart actually help you uh, be formed deeper into the image of Christ as you conform to him today? Thanks so much for joining us today. I hope this has been encouraging to you. Have a great day. Go with God. Be blessed.